right, the 8 o'clock hour is upon us. DJ and PK. DJ's doing something today. I'm PK running the show, sliding over a chair, playing a different role, but still having a lot of fun. This is a great time of year. This, you know, we went through all that stuff with no sports, and now we got everything starting up. And when it started up, when the NBA started up, it went a little longer, obviously. And then it slid right into the start of training camp of college football today. Just a couple of weeks away. We go three weeks, really, from the start of the first games. And then they are on. But there's also jazz stuff to be joining, uh, to be talking about for sure. That's why I wanted to bring on the big show's very own Jake Scott. A stud in his own right, or maybe an emerging stud. I don't know, Jake. Are you a stud or you're an emerging stud? Oh, I've always been a stud, PK. You know that. <laughs> We've known each other for a while. You know, that's uh, Studly is my middle name. What can I say? If 20 uh, years hey. is, Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go. 20 years what now? 20 years is a long time, and yes, I've known you since you were a kid. Now you're a middle-aged father. I know. But, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, before you start lighting me up, because uh, what a tease, uh, I, I, let, me, let me just go this real quick. Have, have you seen the new show Cube out there, PK? You know what I'm talking about? No, my, go ahead. Uh, my wife's really into it. Dwayne Wade is the host. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. This great show is catching on. It's blowing up. You know, there's some kind of sportsy components, little games, things like that, and uh, I'll tell you what, PK, this thing is going to be huge. In fact, I'm going to make the prediction right now, in 10 years, if if the sports media isn't all over this, people are going to be out of jobs. <laughs> I see what you did. I see what you did. <laughs> Unless people jump on the cube, I just don't know. I don't know how, how they're going to be able to do sports radio. I just, I just don't get it. Oh, we got to clip and save that. For those of you who don't know, a little bit of an inside, but we'll broaden it to a full-fledged joke. A couple years back, probably three, four, five years ago by now. At least, uh, at least. That I was off one day, and he, but I was coming on in the next segment, so I was actually listening. DJ in the morning and what's trending was going on about soccer and how he latched onto it. And if the media didn't latch on to soccer, they would likely be out of the profession because it was going to take over. <laughs> and what do we call it? The manifesto. Oh, the manifesto. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah. And then you and I, you and I, I, I don't know, it was when he was gone. You and I did like a whole show on that, if, I, if memory serves. Uh, I thought about that as I was coming on with you. I was like, I'm going to make a manifesto joke. Uh, <laughs> hey, that, that show, The Cube, is good, though. If people haven't yeah, checked it out, it's good. About. Yeah, 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 and Dwayne Wade's good. He's funny. He's a good host. Well, Dwayne Wade, man, he's a man of many talents, obviously a Hall of Fame basketball player, an incredible basketball player. And we saw him in Vegas, at least I did, in the summer league. And, you know, he was here, playoff games, home and away, obviously in Los Angeles. He's got a residence down there. And so, man, I'm listening to you and Gordon, and I don't know who loves the jazz more, you or Gordon. I mean, it it's virtually like Cam Rising and 
uh, Charlie B. It's it's neck and neck. You two, you don't think that any team in the West has improved more than the Jazz, right? Is that what I understand to be true? I just, well, here's the thing: is I don't know how much I think the Jazz have tinkered, and I think that they're better than they were last year in a bunch of like peripheral ways. If that makes any sense, like. I think the depth's a little better. I think they've got some veteran leadership, a little bit more flexibility. It was that take was more about the rest of the West than it really was the Jazz. I just don't. I don't know, PK. I'm sure you love the Westbrook deal for the Lakers, but the I mean, outside of the Lakers, can you even make an argument for another team getting better this off season? I mean, most of it's just been they're they're the same. I mean, I guess the Clippers made a deal over the weekend, but is that, I mean, is Eric Bledsoe really doing it for you? I mean, I, that that take was less about the Jazz and more about the rest of the West. I'm not sure about the Westbrook deal because I don't know how he's going to help them in the half-court offense. Uh, so Not at all, I don't think. I don't think he helps that. And, and the Lakers issue was shooting, and he doesn't help with that much. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Maybe the Lakers are better, but... I, I'm not convinced of that, but, I mean, I don't think Denver is better. I don't think Dallas is better. Uh, I don't think the Clippers are better. I mean, I just I, – I expected, because it was more wide open last year, that there was going to be more, you know, kind of bold moves in the West, and there just wasn't outside of, outside of that Westbrook deal. See, I think come playoff time, I think that the Nuggets will be better if Jamal Murray is playing because, obviously, he didn't play this season. So that's going to make them better and the Lakers with health, and health is such a primary concern for everyone. Uh, obviously, the Jazz can speak to it to themselves. They don't need to take a backseat to anybody there. Uh, but I think the Lakers, uh, I think Westbrook gives them more explosiveness, gives them another option, and it's up to Vogel to figure out ways to help him be effective in the offense and not just be a spot-up shooter. You know, it was like uh, I, com- I compare the Westbrook deal uh, the potential of how it could go wrong, and Jake Scott joining us. Uh, the year that they fired Rich Rod down in Arizona, uh, but all the other nonsense that he was doing. But the, the his last year of coaching, they had Khalil Tate in there as quarterback, and I think he got in there like uh, first week October or something. And by the end of October, he had like three Pac-12 Offensive Players of the Week awards because he was running around and just was sensational, right? So then they get rid of him, and they bring in your guy, Sumlin, who you thought was an excellent hire, and I'll never let you forget that. It was not only not an excellent hire, it was the worst hire in the history of University of Arizona football. (laughs) And that first game game down in Tucson, I'm covering it for the station – and they're playing the Cougars, right? And what they do is they've got Khalil Tate, who was a dynamic athlete. They've got him standing in the pocket throwing deep. And he's just chucking the ball. And it's just bouncing off the, the grass in Arizona left and right. So I compare that potentially to Westbrook. If you just misuse Westbrook in the way that someone misused Khalil Tate, Khalil Tate was completely and totally non-effective where the year before he was considered a Heisman candidate going into the season because of this stunning play that he did. But making him simply a drop-back passer in the pocket, that wasn't close to his game. So the Cougars won that game. And they'll play the third of the games with uh, the U of A coming up this uh, season. Let's kick it off. I'll be down there in Vegas for that game, covering him for the station then, too. And so if you just use Westbrook as a spot-up shooter, 
he becomes the Khalil Tate of the Arizona Wildcats as a pocket passer, and that's not the way to use him. So Vogel's got to figure out a way to use him. If he uses him correctly, then I think he can be a great addition. And if they have health, I think they're very dangerous. So I think, yes, they've improved themselves, potentially. Well, with that, I mean, I here's the thing do you need did, did the Lakers need another high usage player right I, I get into this I get into this argument uh, about Utah football with Gordon all the time because he thinks they just need to sling it around and and turn into a passing team and I just think that every you know if you're throwing the ball 60 times that's uh, you know how many less carries for Zach Moss or Ty Jordan or, or any of the other just monster running backs they've had there over the years did you really want Travis Wilson throwing the ball, or did you want to give it to, uh, to Booker? You know what I mean? And so with the Lakers, like, ironically enough, PK, you remember the, the day that they announced the Westbrook trade? I think it was Woj broke the news that they were trading for Buddy Heald right before the Westbrook news came out. And, like, when I saw the Buddy Heald deal, I thought, wow, that's exactly what the Lakers need. What a, what a deal. What a trade. Shooting, you know, emerging star. Doesn't necessarily have to be a high-usage player. And then that trade gets scrapped, and they go with Westbrook, who's just a really high-usage player. And I wonder, PK, and you're, you're right, Vogel's got to figure it out. I mean, that, that is certainly true. But I wonder if, if the Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to stand around and let Westbrook let the air out of the ball. You know, I just don't, I don't think that is what the team needed. And, and ultimately, it's, it's the coach's job to make it work. But I, I, interestingly enough, I thought Buddy Heald, I thought that move was, was way better for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook. So you would take Buddy Heald over Westbrook. Would you take Buddy the Elf over Westbrook? <laughs> well, uh, no, although Will Ferrell is tall, I guess. He has he basketball experience. Him. He's played in basketball movies. He has. Um, no, I mean, Westbrook, look, I, I love it that Westbrook plays hard. I, I think, you know, people who, uh, you know, aren't a big fan of Westbrook's attitude can't really complain about how hard he plays. The dude pours his soul onto the basketball court every time he's out there. And actually the Wizards in the playoffs last year, I thought, were a, were a pretty good story how hard they played. So I don't want to just bag on Westbrook because I do admire that about the guy because that's, as you know, PK, is not all that common in the NBA, believe it or not, guys that get out there and play hard all the time. I just don't think the game is a real great fit. I think he'll be fine in the locker room. If you, t- if you listen to Russell Westbrook's teammates over the years, they all love him. And so I, I think that part will work. I just don't know if his game fits. Because if he's just standing there letting the air out of the ball, that just means that LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't touching it. So we'll see. I mean – He'll, he'll play hard for the Lakers, that's for sure, and he'll get others to play hard. I just don't know if it's a good fit. I just like guys who are angry all the time. I don't know what it is there. <laughs> you identify with that, <laughs> huh? Jake Scott of the Big Show joining us. You can hear him every day from 2 to 6. I think Phoenix got better, and I think the Warriors got better. How did, how did Phoenix get better? Because I, oh, they picked up uh, Landry Schmidt there and JaVel yeah. McGee. Don't forget him. Oh, goodness. How could you? Uh, Team USA player. Yeah, he's an Olympian. He's a gold medalist. Anytime you get a chance to add a gold medalist, don't scoff. Uh, but, I mean, those are, those are peripheral moves like the Jazz, right? I mean, if, if Phoenix got better, it's, it's you know, incremental. That's why well, uh, I, I think the fact that you got Aiden now finally showed a, a little bit of a desire to actually compete. Sure. And so, sure. like, uh, and plus he's going into that max deal 
thing. Now that'll be uh, decided here soon. But I, w- I wouldn't call them the favorite in the West, would you? I don't see that I can call anybody literally the overwhelming favorite by any stretch. Can sure, can, can they be a favorite? That would be a complete and total disrespect if they can't be considered a favorite. I mean, and Golden State gets gets better bringing Thompson back, but I, I you know are they are they the favorite because of that? I mean, no. they still need to move Andrew Wiggins. Like I I can't believe he's still on the team to be honest. I thought that was I thought that was something that was going to fall this offseason and it hasn't. Yeah, I, but I I think that in relation to the Jazz, I'm not sure they got better compared to other teams getting better. You see what I'm saying there? I think it's a I think it's a wash. Okay, I, I'll buy a wash. I mean, I I think that they I think they did some things that makes them a little better. They didn't really the Jazz didn't have. I mean, they're they're capped out, luxury tax, all that. We know the whole story. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot that they could do. I think you know. I think the fact that they signed players that have other had other options, I think, is is kind of a big deal because that doesn't that hasn't happened a lot with this franchise. So you know, no, most of their free agents are if they sign vets, it's because they didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, see Jeff Green or Ed Davis. You know, we just haven't seen. I think. The fact that Rudy Gay chose to play for the Jazz. Hassan Whiteside said he could have gone back to Portland, but he chose to play for the Jazz. I mean, maybe you know, maybe those players work out, maybe they don't, but I do think it is a, a positive sign that the Jazz are creating some place that other players want to be. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that, man. Why wouldn't you want to be here? I mean, I've been screaming yeah. that for a good long while, and I'm going to continue right. to scream it, that these NBA players are sophisticated enough. It's just a question of... You know, how much do they have left in the tank in that way? So what do you think of the Conley deal as far as bringing him back for the amount of money and the amount of years, knowing that he hasn't hasn't come close to playing anything close to near a full season? I think they had to bring him back just uh, for no other reason than if they lost him, they couldn't have spent that money. I mean, it would have left a a glaring hole on the roster and they'd be no – you know, no really <laughs> with no ability to fill that glaring hole unless you want to really move a player that that is good. I mean, I know uh, we're all happy for, you know, around the station that Joe Ingles uh, is coming back. But, I mean, they certainly would have had to move him and probably somebody else just to, just to solve the problem. And you know what? The Jazz are trying to win now. So if you have to sign uh, Conley to a, to a third year, you're probably going to regret it. But... You know, if you're if you're going for the gusto at the moment, then you know, screw it. Throw caution to the wind. Maybe you can move him down the line if it turns out to be that bad. But I mean, I, I think it's something that they had to do. I, I don't think there was really much of a much of an option. And if he was open to it, and you, you got to do it. And and honestly, the only one, the only person with an argument to not do it was Ryan Smith because it's going to cost him a fortune. And obviously, he's on board. So. Um, you know, I, I think it was it was kind of a no-brainer, honestly. So what do you think about having to do this? I mean, no one does it to the extent that you do, to put up with Gordon's stories that always make him look better than he actually is. <laughs> uh, they're great. I love you. You and I both love Gordon. We're on, we're on Team Gordon. Yeah, but Gordon, I don't have to I work did. with Gordon. I tell I tell people all the time. You know what's great about Gordon is Gordon keeps it uh, keeps me on my toes. He keeps it spicy. I mean, it's it's um, 
it's, it's, there's never a dull moment, PK. And you know what? He lets me tease him. So when he tells those stories, I get to I get to make jokes. So he doesn't have to do that. He lets me tease him. I appreciate it. What level of degree of truthfulness do you think there is in his stories? Oh, what? Uh, uh, probably zero. <laughs> Zero percent. <laughs> Nothing about it. Complete fabrication. I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe it, it seems real to him though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, he lets me tease him. I appreciate it. Nothing but love for Gordon. I, you know, I, I really disagree with his BYU column this morning, and he lets me. So, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get into that at two o'clock. I'm sure. So, I want you to share. You share two stories with him. Okay. One, he insists that he took a, a Hollywood celebrity tour on like a bus or something, and his wife insists that did not happen, and they go back and forth. This is a years-long <laughs> running argument. He insists that they did it, and she insists that they didn't do it. And I've never been around a couple that has an experience that should be shared, but one says it never happened and the other insists that it did happen. Well, I, let me just say let me say this, I'm going with Lisa. Well, that's bizarre, but he insists that, that he did great. it. I mean, he is so strong and adamant about it that I wonder. I have I don't know who's telling the truth. And then I want you to share a story that I had uh over the weekend that makes me look good. I felt good about myself. And I went to the Dirks Bentley concert, and you know I've converted to country, and, and you think that that's a sellout. Uh, but nevertheless, that's the way I am now, uh, and I've gone to that, that direction for my, my current music. Still like my classic rock, but all my current music is like 95% country. And so I'm at the Dirks Bentley concert on Friday over at USANA, and I go to the bathroom. I tell my wife, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a couple minutes, and I'm walking back. And this is the young gal, probably 25 years old, just smiling at me in the area of the courtyard over there where they have the bathrooms and porta potties and where you can get food and beverage. And she's smiling at me. And I'm looking at her as I'm approaching. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, she's going to say, oh, you're that guy I see on Channel 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Bye. Well, she's smiling at me. And as I walk by, I look at her and I say, what? Why are you smiling at me? And she looks at me and she says, you're my ex-boyfriend. And I look at her and I said, what? You're my ex-boyfriend, aren't you? And I said to her, ah, young lady, there's no way. But here's this 25-year-old gal thought I was her ex-boyfriend. So I want you to tell that story to Gordon because he thinks he's got it going on. But it's just a figment of his imagination. Whereas me, I have conclusive proof that I still have it going on. You know, this seems like a good moment. I know this has been a big, big topic lately, and it, re and it really should be. But, uh, you know, mental health is really important. You know, if people are struggling out there and, and having, you know, issues, then, then look into it. You know, look into it. Right. And what are you going to do to improve if Gordon? If you're 25 and staking PK for your, your ex-boyfriend, I don't, I don't know. Just You, you know what, uh, PK, I heard you tell that story in the last segment. I thought to myself, like, uh, wouldn't you like there wouldn't be confusion about your ex-boyfriend right i mean you wouldn't be like hey i think that's my ex wouldn't you know well you know it wasn't daylight and so the sun wasn't oh, out okay. completely and i did have a uh, a cap on 
Oh, I see. So, but, I mean, you could you could tell that she got giddy and tingly there. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. Yes. How was the show? How was the concert? Was it good? The only thing I remember was that trip to the bathroom. That's it. The rest <laughs> is just a, the rest is just a haze. Yes, oh, it was man. an excellent show. First concert I had seen uh, outside of Tim Lacombe and his band, which was excellent. But that it was, was fun. more of a cover band. The as first show I had seen since February of 2020 when I had seen Miranda Lambert. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm glad concerts are back, man. I, I'm glad. I know life isn't totally back to normal, but I'm glad we can do a few things. Uh, you know, concert. I know you're you are concert guy, PK, and I'm glad you're back to going. Yes, in uh, <laughs> in November, on consecutive nights in Las Vegas, I'm going to see my new favorite current band, Old Dominion, and the following night. So that's a Friday. The following night, Allegiant Stadium, the Rolling Stones. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, you and I both saw the Stones years ago, and uh, I, I'm jealous you're, you're going. I'm jealous you're going to that show. When are you getting back on the road with uh, Kenny? Well, he canceled his tour for this year, so it has to wait till next year. Lame. I know you're in the. You're officially in the fan club. I know. I am literally. I am literally in that fan club. No, he. We had tickets last summer, and obviously that got canceled. And then he canceled his entire tour for 2021. So the earliest will be 2022. Wow. So. Well, the Stones, man. That's that's going to be that's that's going to be a show. I mean, at least when we saw him, PK, what 15 years ago, they could they could still they could still move and rock it pretty good. I'm. I'm uh, I'm curious if they're they're still at that same level. You know me. I've seen uh, I've seen Bob Dylan. You know what? Eight nine times, something like that. And uh, the last time I saw him, I got a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping the Stones can still bring it. So when Kenny goes on tour, before we let you go, will be the summer of 2022. At that time, will we we be able to say? The Utes have won the Pac-12 and either have played in the Rose Bowl, not the, not a regular season game, but the January 1 Rose Bowl or the college football playoff. And since you are our station's resident Ute homer, I thought that would be the person to ask. You would be the person to ask to. That's this season and next season will be – will be, uh, well, not, no, I guess they'll just be this season. Will they be the Pac-12 winner? So, I, I, I certainly think it's possible, but it, uh, I'm going to say no, and here's why. And this plays into another argument that uh, actually the same argument I, I referenced earlier that Gordon and I have. Gordon uh, thinks that the reason that the Utes have not won the Pac-12 already has been their lack of uh, proficiency in the in the passing game. And, and you know what? Maybe that's true. I, I don't know. But I always bring up the point that Utah. I listen to DJ and PK. I've listen for years and years and years and years and i hear you talk all the time about how hard that is to do and uh you know i don't i don't view the utes as underachievers i view the utes as overachievers that they've been so good in this league so far and and won a couple of divisions and that that kyle's formula is perfect 
for the university that he coaches at with his uh, with his defense in the run game. I, you know, you read all those anonymous coaches uh, in Athlon or whatever, and they just talk and rave about how Kyle is perfect and what he's built built at Utah, and that they're competitive each and every year. But but it's hard to win that league. Arizona's never done it. No. Nope. Okay, how many times Arizona State? Uh, what twice? Am I? Am I? I know you've been there both times. What the three times? Twice. Uh, twice um, outright, and once tie. When did Cal? When, when, when did Cal win it last? When did UCLA win it last? You know, when did uh, when did Washington State or Oregon State or? I mean, it's just it's really hard to do. And you're 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 in a league with Oregon, the Nike Capital School, which the you know uh, the NIL thing is going to make that worse, not better. I mean, Phil Knight's already involved with their players, as we learned at, at Pac-12 Media Day. USC will be USC if they ever you know, actually achieve and not underachieve, they're really hard to beat because they've got every advantage in the world. I mean, I, I, I certainly think Utah has uh, a ton of talent, and absolutely they have the ability to do it. But to predict it, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's really hard to do. Yeah, I can understand you not wanting to get your hopes up. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well you, well, you just told me your sons were going to win the title again so that they got better because of JaVale McGee, so spare me. Uh, I am a lifelong Suns fan. There's no question about that. I know. I know. All right, Jake, thanks for joining us. Have a good one this afternoon. Hey, PK, you're the best. And uh, shout out to Lloyd. Lloyd getting up early in the morning. How about that? Lloyd, yes, absolutely. Lloyd getting up early in the morning. We appreciate it. So there you go. All right, talk to you soon. That's your Jake Scott right there. Yep, Jake Scott joining us. You can hear him today and every day, Monday through Friday, from 2 to 6. We remember him as our young producer, and now he's host of the big show and also doing all the jazz stuff during the season, a heavy load. All right. We'll come back and talk a little Utes in as far as their ability to win the Pac-12. We'll see what other people think because there's a big announcement coming out today that we all are interested in. And stay with us. We'll get to that next. 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger, obviously a weird year last year. You play five games and you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans or anything at the games and you know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff, so I'm real excited to get after it this year and have a full stadium. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. to tell you about Syringa Networks working from home with a hybrid workforce get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks call them at 
385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.com. All right, man. I said something important is going to be happening today. I think in about uh, an hour and 15 minutes. It shouldn't be important, but yet it is. And it's certainly a big time talking point. And I think it matters. I think it matters to a degree. And it's somewhat predictable. Uh, what I'm talking about is the Associated Press preseason top 25 is going to be released today. Who doesn't look at that? I mean, maybe we say, oh, it shouldn't matter, but come on, admit it. We all look at it, don't we? Yes, we do. I know I will look at it. And so will you. You know you will. Utes and Cougars, are they going to be ranked in the top 25? Now, we know Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, probably Georgia. They're going to be some combination of your top five or six. How many Pac-12 teams are going to be ranked? I believe you'll have Oregon. I believe you'll have USC. Now, I actually think Washington should be ranked in the top 25. I think Washington, I, th- I picked them to win the North. I think they're going to be very good this year. You know, could be wrong, obviously. So I think Oregon, SC, Washington will be in the top 25. Anybody else? Your Utes, your Cougars. I put it up on Facebook. Utes and Cougars going to be ranked. What do you think? Where's your team going to be ranked? Dave, the preseason rankings are an irrelevant shot in the dark. All they do is give media pundits something to talk about. All right, to an extent. But if you start off high, it's much easier to move up than it is if you start off low or not even in there. And, yeah, they shouldn't matter, but I do think that there's a default position back there. And when the college football ranking comes out, the playoff ranking, I think it helps. It probably shouldn't, and maybe they shouldn't wait. They should wait until they get games under their belts and all that. But, nevertheless, I, I, I think you're dealing from a position of strength if, it, if you end up being in the top Ten. I think you get the benefit of the doubt more. These are human beings that we're dealing with, and they see it. They were the very folks who will vote on that panel will look at this thing today, whether they should or shouldn't doesn't matter. They will do that. So I think it helps. Where will your your team your team be ranked now? Kyle Whittingham's talking about how this. Team compares to 2019, and he's broadening it from the leadership perspective. He's not just saying leadership. He's going out there, and he's making some bold statements. He said it again Saturday. I heard him. said it on Saturday. And Utah, and they put out a thing on their Facebook page. They put, like, a little question and answer thing, and they had that on there. I saw it Saturday, and he said, I'm not backing down. I stand by it 100%. In typical macho Whittingham fashion, it's what he does, doesn't he? We all love that. He's getting something, and he's got a point, and he's not going to back down from it. So he's pumping them up big time. 
So I'm saying that the Utes will be ranked in the top 25. So you will have four teams ranked in the top 25. You'll have Oregon, SC, Washington, and Utah. Now those teams, not coincidentally, were picked first, second, first, second in each division. I think Oregon was picked first in the north. I know they were. I went with Washington, but those are your teams. And then obviously SC and Utah are going to be picked and were picked in the south. And I believe SC will be ranked ahead of Utah. I think it matters. I think, I mean, I think everything matters. One thing may not matter more than another. Other things may matter way more than another. But I do think it matters. Absolutely. And how about BYU? If they were to be ranked in the preseason poll, that would be huge for them. I don't think it's going to happen. Although in the coaches poll, weren't they like second or third receiving votes? Maybe fourth to fifth? They were not that far. They were on that first line, I think, when you look at it. So I called up, see anybody's got one. Anybody released it. Brett McMurphy, resident college football expert. He's America's college football insider with Action Network HQ. And his top 25, all right, he's got Alabama, Ohio State. He's got Oklahoma, Georgia, Clemson fifth. Man, that's a shocker. The Clemson Tigers fifth. How could you get so low? Fifth. That's amazing to think that they were fifth. First Pac-12 team. He's got Oregon at 10. Oh, I said that I thought SC would be ranked higher than Utah. Not according to Brett McMurphy. Where do you think he's got the Utes? You love your Utes, Lloyd. Where do you think he's got them? Probably top 20 somewhere. I'm not sure exactly. 15. He's got the Utes at 15. Is there a more respected, under-respected team in the country than the University of Utah football program? No. They're the most respected, under-respected, not disrespected, under-respected. Most respected, under-respected team in college football. It is the University of Utah. And that's how Kyle Whittingham likes it. He just goes and does his thing, and people love him, man. I don't know that there's anybody who's more beloved. Nothing. There's no There's no coach in this country who's more beloved than Kyle Whittingham. It's amazing to me to see this, but it's true. Every media person, man, woman, loves him dearly. Everybody. He doesn't lecture anybody like Nick Saban can do. Uh, who else? Really nobody out there who's just super cantankerous anymore. Uh, Nick likes to do lecturing, uh, but he doesn't. Kyle doesn't come 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 close to that. So they got Oregon ten or Brett Mc, Brett McMurphy. The thing won't be re- released in about uh, at, at I think it's noon Eastern, so ten our time. So you got Oregon ten, you got Utah fifteen, you got. USC at 18. So according to Mr. McMurphy, if the Utes don't win the South, they've underachieved. Now, Jake Scott was just on saying that the Utes don't underachieve. Ute fans, BYU fans, has Utah underachieved in recent seasons? Have they underachieved 
in any of these games, maybe individual games, but season-wide, if you step back, you know, getting run off the field by Oregon sucked. That was bad. I can give them a pass on the Washington thing. They didn't have their quarterback. They didn't have their running back. That was a snoozer of a game. What was it? Was it 10-7, something like that? Might even been worse than that. Was it worse? Felt like it was like seven six or something. Seven like three. No, it, might, it might have been like ten seven. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty rough. Yeah, the Oregon one. They got smoked. There's, and there, Oregon, I think, or uh, Washington's only touchdown was that pick six. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. That was it. It was tipped. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, who was it? Somebody fell on the ground. Was it? I can't. Might have been. Uh, might have been Jalen Dixon. No. Was it not? No, no. That's where I need the sneak dog. He re- he remembers that crap. Somebody who was falling down. No, you know what? I'm thinking of the Arizona the Arizona State game for Jalen Dixon. That long ball that he uh, that he tipped. It wasn't run back ran back for a touchdown, but right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. At the goal line, I think it was. Yeah, I remember that one too. Uh, but yeah, the somebody tweet at me. Who was the one? He was falling down. It got tipped, and then the Washington guy. Grabbed it in midair and ran up the uh, sideline, up the Utah sideline. So, you got Utah 15th, man, ahead of SC. This is Utah's year, man. This could be their year. How about that? I would say they're probably, what, going to be 20? Who? Probably be around 20. Well. Now we're, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be as McMurphy's high as has got him 15. I don't think it's going to be as high as Sitting there McMurphy at 20 on McMurphy's poll is that corrupt program in the desert. The one that's going to implode. Yeah, are they even going to have a program? Or yet, should they have a program? Well, I heard a report that the Cranes are now moving towards Sun Devil Stadium. They're going to knock it down. He's got the Devils at 20th. Can they possibly be 20th this year with all the commotion? they got three coaches cut. Herm? They were right behind Utah in the uh, that – Coaches, poll? yeah, that coaches. They're right oh, behind the Utah. Oh, co- the coaches poll, yeah, yeah, okay, right behind yeah. Utah and the coaches. Yeah, others receiving votes. Yep. Yeah, I think they were. I think it was. So if you carried out, it would have been twenty second, twenty or twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. And then they got Washington at twenty one. So he's got five Pac twelve teams ranked. That's not bad. That's respectable enough. I think if it comes out that way, I don't think they'll have five teams ranked. I'll be interested in looking at it, but I don't think that they will. But the Utes, the Utes will get plenty of love. I believe they will be ranked. They'll get plenty of love. Why? Because I don't think coaches really care about other coaches. And who knows if the coach is actually voting in the coach's poll as opposed to the staff member. But I think media members love to be coddled. Media members, and I'm right there, they get played all the time. They love to call out, well, so-and-so got played by this coach. Meanwhile, they've got personal relationships with these other coaches over here, and they don't think that, well, the reason why you have that personal relationship is because they're playing you. <laughs> I've been played. I've been played many times. Very rarely will you, a media member will admit, yeah, I was played, and that's why he's nice to me, because he's playing me. He knows that. If he's nice to me, he can get the benefit of the doubt. And some of them do it genuinely. But they're still playing you, but they do it. Like Ron McBride played everybody, but I think he did it genuinely. 
I don't think he did it with the intent of trying to get a benefit. That's just who he is. He's going to be a nice dude. Urban Meyer, oh my goodness, they'll play you. Now, when I say they, I'm talking about Mr. and Mrs. Yes. I've got instances of being on the phone with Mrs. Meyer. Couldn't have been nicer. And there's a reason. And they've achieved all that they need to achieve at the collegiate level. Now we'll see what they can do on the pro level. But, yeah, you knew he was playing you. And you went along with it. And the media guys, I use it generically, they love Kyle. So they won't. I would be stunned if the Utes are not ranked in the preseason AP poll because all media guys, they think they know him and they think he knows them. He remembers your name. He'll ask you about something. That guy's just, he's, he's marvelous at it. So because of that reason, when you get human element involved, they will be. And McMurphy's got him at 15th. He's got him the favorite to win the South. You got SC who's going to, at some point, is going to implode. The Devils are already imploded. Whoever heard of three assistant coaches being suspended during training camp, and that's not supposed to have an effect, a profound effect on your team? I can't see how it doesn't. Maybe they can overcome it. Herm, dead man walking. This is going to be his last year. I've heard rumors of that. They'll let him coach and then resign gracefully at 67 or 68 years of age. See what he's got there. All right, what do you think? Stay with us. We'll hit that next. Coming up, 97.5, of The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Our friend Will Snowden, former BYU running back, but also he runs Alpha Recruits. Which one of those quarterbacks do you like the best? Man, it's always tough. If I was on the coaching staff, I'd probably be pulling for Jaron Hall. I think he does have the experience, and I just think that he is too dynamic of an athlete. The arm talent has never been a question, but the things you can do with him, he's very dangerous, and he puts a lot of pressure on defenses. So I expect Jaron Hall to be the starter day one, and as long as he stays healthy, I think he will remain the starter. But if I was getting A-Rod shoes. Good news is he could flip a coin and be okay. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Call strike three. Ring him up. He's one out away. Center field, Marte, it's a no-hitter! Tyler Gilbert has thrown a no-hitter in his first career Major League start. There you go. That's a Chevy Strong play of the day. Know that today at the big show between 2 and 6, and you can win fabulous prizes. That's Tyler Gilbert, his first career Big league start. He throws a no-hitter. Now, it was against the Padres, who did not have Fernando Tatis in the lineup. He came back yesterday because he had been injured. He's been dealing with a shoulder issue. And he comes back yesterday, played right field instead of shortstop. And what does he do in his first game back? He hits two home runs against four hits. Yeah, Fernando Tatis. Probably going to win your uh, most valuable player in the National League, provided he doesn't get injured anymore. Uh, we'll see about that. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but it's Tyler Gilbert, left-handed dude, and 
If you haven't seen the video of the last out, what's cool about it is this 27-year-old kid, and he has his parent family, his mother and father, and I think sister in the stands, and they keep showing him. And when the last out is recorded, the dad is crying, sobbing practically. How about a catch? <laughs> hey, Dad. Tender, tender father-son moment. Now, before we go to break, you know, one of the moments that makes you cry as a parent, your kid goes off to college. Any of you in that situation, kids leaving home, going off to college, it's over, over. Now, I got in this community, too, in other communities, but largely in here, I guess when you're sending your kid on a two-year mission or what are the ladies, they go 18 months, uh, that could be. I, I can remember, Lloyd, when I was traveling with the watchdog on Wednesdays back when I'd cover uh, either BYU or Utah basketball, they, and they were in the uh, WAC or Mountain West, they'd play Thursday and Saturday largely, right? So I'd go to the airport on Wednesdays to fly out to wherever. And this would happen every other week during the conference season. And in those days, you could go back to the gate. And I'd get emotional every week because every, every other week when I'd go, I'd see these families and there would be their son or daughter walking down the corridor not to see them for two years. And they'd get down to the bottom and wave back. And I'd be crying over these people. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so there's emotional moments. Kid goes away to college. Dad want to have a catch. How about this? And I need to acknowledge this to tell you what a trooper Mr. Lloyd Cole is. Because I went through it, and I can remember. I can distinctly remember my daughter walking into... The elementary school, I can't think of the name of it now. I was going to say Albion, but Albion is the junior high. And just uh, west of it is the grade school. And we're on the north side, and it's first grade, first day, first grade. And they line up, and it's time to go in the building. And that was, that was something, man. And I watched her. I can still picture it in my eye, my little daughter, and I, my wife is a teacher. I worked a lot of nights, so I had the kids in the morning every year. And for five, six years, you've got them, and they're yours. And then they venture into that building. It's like walking in the cornfields. You don't know if they're going to come back. And this morning, Lloyd Cole, because Jake Hatch is sick, Lloyd Cole's son. That yeah, You just have one, right? Two. Two. Two, yep. But he's your oldest. Oldest. Older. Six and he went into first grade today. And Lloyd had to be here to work. So he didn't watch him, which is probably maybe better. Because I remember going home to an empty house and sobbing. Sobbing to the point that the neighbor lady, whose daughter was also in the class, calls me on the phone to check on me to make sure I'm okay. Because that I, was, I went home to an empty house. She still had a couple more kids at home. I didn't. I was done. And I remember crying my eyes out. She went into first grade. And Lloyd is missing that moment because he's got to work today. He had to come in. So I mean this sincerely. Kudos to Lloyd Cole 
for not being there in that moment. Oh, we all have each other's backs. And he had he had to come into work today because I couldn't produce the show. I don't know how to run the board. I barely know how to speak into the mic, let alone running the board. And he passed that up because he had to be at work and missed that. I can still remember all these years later. Yeah, it's a big. It's the first in. big one, like preschool, like you know, preschool or kindergarten. That's the, like Nothing. it's not. It's not the same. But first grade's like okay. Now we've got first, it's second, on. third. Yeah. Like it's on for you know twelve years. He's gonna be there till like past three. It's like it's like. <laughs> I mean, I was telling you last year his uh yeah. you know his kindergarten. It, he was only there till like noon, and now oh, it's yeah. like he's adding on like three three and a half hours or something. I'm like, oh man. And there he's taking his lunch. He he has a lunchbox. Yep. Preschool or kindergarten, they walk you to the car. Here, school gets out, and the parents will be there. And it is it's an emotional experience. Many of you have gone through it. If you haven't, you're gonna go through it if you have kids. And it's tough to see them. They're going out in the world in a sense. First grade. What a massive adjustment. I mean, at first graders. They, they've got some of the biggest adjustments that they have to make in their lives. They don't understand it is going from kindergarten to first grade in that first day. He's going to be there all day, all day. Oh, my gosh. All right, Lloyd, thanks for taking one for the team. And in uh, 13 years, you'll send them off to college and you'll say, good luck, son, and you'll cry there. What we do as parents, nobody told me that it would rip your heart out and be stomped. Somebody should have told me that. I don't know if I would have thought differently, but especially in my case, but we won't get into all those details, having your heart ripped out. All right, coming up next, I want to play an interview that I did. Clark Phillips, U of U defensive back. You got to listen to this, man. Even if you're a BYU fan, this kid is sensational. I couldn't have been more impressed listening to this kid talk. And I'll have, have that for you next right here, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.